0: Now. now, it's time for your VO news served piping hot and fresh. Gather round. It's time for the VoiceOver Cafe.
1: This is the VoiceOver Cafe VO news served up piping hot. Trish, I've got a quick impression for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, who is this? Here we go.
2: Hey, everybody! <laughs> is that. Uh, is that Peter O'Connell?
1: It is Peter O'Connell. Oh I'm trying to God. fool. I'm trying to fool our audience into believing that he actually really did take over for my gig here.
2: <laughs> that was that was pretty good, actually. Peter might be out of a job for himself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, when people come to me, hey, we need somebody that sounds like Peter O'Connell.
2: Probably a pretty big call for that. So,
1: now I appreciate uh, you know listening to that last episode was so painful. You know, I was on all kinds of meds. Knowing that you guys were having all kinds of fun Aww. in FAFCON, or as I would call it, FAFCON, you just stopped talking about it. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah, I was bad. depressed. I uh, I had to, you know I had to see a shrink, and uh, it was you know several hours of therapy okay. just to get over it. You know, you know what was the worst part, Dish, was was not the fact that you guys were there having fun. It was reading all the posts on the Fafcon know, Facebook sure. page. You're not
2: supposed to. You were just supposed to turn your notifications off until we all came back.
1: Uh, well, it was like a drug.
2: <laughs> I'm sure. Well, had, well, well you'll just have back. to definitely make it next time. That's well, all.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's funny because those of us that did miss it, we'd sit there and bitch how tired we were of everybody's posts. But yet mm-hmm. we were on that FAFCON group page probably four hours a day.
2: Oh no! Know, between <laughs> you and Doug Turkal and oh, we felt so bad he couldn't come. But you guys will have to join us next time.
1: Well, when it's in Seattle in October, we'll be there.
2: Seattle?
1: No, I don't want to start. Sorry. I'm starting bad rumors now. Actually, yeah, it's going to be in FAFCON in Deadwood.
2: <laughs> we really have no idea. But we
1: where really, it is, we so. really don't have any idea. But anyway, let's see. Um, we got a great show in store for you today. Joe Cipriano, who is on our older podcast many, many moons ago, has a new yes. book out dish. And I'm really excited. He's always a great guest. He's very, very, very accessible, talented gentleman. Yeah, and, the sweetest uh,
2: guy, too. I mean, we we've, we've, Both of you and I have met him a couple of times. And uh, and he's just always been really gracious and just really humble, nice guy.
1: So we're going to be talking to him later on. And uh, Tom Deere just typed to us, mention VOV until November 30th. <laughs> That's right, folks. You're hearing copy notes now from our program director. <laughs> Live! woo
2: <Woo-hoo! laughs>
1: How exciting!
2: <laughs> um, yeah, so our sponsor, VoiceOverExtra.com, and uh, VoiceOver Virtual is going on until November 30th.
1: Uh, happy Halloween to you, Dish.
2: Well, thank you very much, Terry. Are you uh, going to any cool parties or anything? Are you dressing up?
1: I'm, I'm going to dress up as... Uh... You know, I've got a couple of different options. Mm -hmm. Um, I I, I thought about dressing up as as the U.S. Congress, so that means I'll be dressing up as a zombie.
2: (laughs) Oh, God!
1: (laughs) Um... Now, uh, the reason I brought up Halloween to begin with, because I want to talk about something that's been very effective for my career over the last couple of years. I started doing these seasonal kind of like holiday demos where I'll go and almost like record a commercial for myself and then stick it on YouTube with a bunch of scary effects, a bunch of ghoulish music and a bunch of scary photos and royalty free videos. And, and you know what? I Last year, I got three Halloween commercials. Via that way of promotion. And, and cool. this year I've gotten four. So it's a. Uh, oh, wow. It, YouTube, you know, which is known as the second largest search engine now on the internet, mm-hmm. uh, is very effective for that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, you've been a genius with YouTube. I cannot. For some reason, video still. I don't do that many of them. I do them occasionally, but I'd like to start doing more. But you, you, you do them on a regular basis, and obviously, it's working for you. So seasonal demos really are a, a good idea. Christmas ads, Halloween ads, Hanukkah mm-hmm. ads. It doesn't really matter. Whatever right. niche you want to focus on, go for it.
1: Yeah, and our friend, I know, our friend uh, Scott Scooter Fortney has done uh, a great job with uh, some of his Santa Claus. Uh, mm-hmm. promotional videos that he's done for YouTube and you know that stuff That stuff really works because people you know clients back in the day were just kind of doing Google searches for voice talent so that's really not the case anymore they're searching on you know Facebook Twitter and YouTube so that you know that's something that, that everybody should keep in mind for their marketing
2: Hell yeah. Um, even Google Plus, I've gotten some, some jobs through there. So there's people doing searches all over the place. Um, you never know where they're going to come from. So that's why you need to be everywhere. <laughs>
1: that's true. Ron Levine, another guy that, uh, that uh, really uh, that does the Santa thing just perfectly, uh, has done mm-hmm. great with that type of promo. So yep. uh, it's always a good seasonal demos, people. It's the new hip thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, during during uh, certain seasons, it definitely can be really effective. I mean, don't come up with like a you know like a, a flag day demo that probably won't be very effective. But you know, the Columbus State demo. But the, sure. <laughs> but you know, I think it's really it really is effective, and you've definitely stumbled onto something. I, I'm into niche demos. Um, yes. Seasonal demos are cool. I have not done that specific thing yet, but I like niche demos. Um, you know, I, I have a mom demo. I have all of the you know just. Me sounding like a mom or playing the role of a mom in a commercial or something. And I have that up on my on my website. So and it's a very specific demo that you can send to someone that maybe has and instead of just sending someone, if you actually get a chance to see the copy and the script um and you see that it's it's a mom character that they're looking for and you have a mom demo or some something similar, you can send that demo instead of your regular commercial demo because it's so much more specified.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> so, um, what else? Oh, you know, we want to talk about, uh, what were we going to talk about? Downtime.
1: Yes, you had mentioned right? downtime. When it's, you know, downtime is a, is a good time for, for marketing.
2: Yeah. I, you know, I found, and, and, you know, my, uh, there's, there's a joke that whenever we come back from Fafcon that there's something called the Fafalanche. Um, and it's usually this huge, like, just like just boatload of work that just comes pouring in the second you get back. Mine seems to be delayed a little bit (laughs) because it's actually been kind of slow the last week or so, which is fine though, because in the business, I've been doing this full time now for over nine years. So you kind of get used to the lulls and every no matter where you are in the business we want to you know me and Terry want to remind you guys that no matter what level you're at you're always going to get those lulls some of them are larger than others Um, some of them are longer than others but you can still take advantage of that downtime and use it to your advantage Um, so what do you do on your downtime Terry well, I
1: I like to put together postcard mailings. Uh, you know, there's always a myth in our industry that snail mail is dead. Uh, it really isn't. Not only do are there still some talent agents out there that still want a CD sent to them in the mail, but uh, clients still really enjoy getting that uh, you know that postcard uh, in the mail. You know, we all get lost in a sea of inbox emails these days, and uh, you know, postcards with your website, a little promo. I did a promo for on hold messages for small businesses in the Twin Cities area, uh, not that long ago, and I, I actually got quite a bit of work from it. It was very, very effective. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I do when uh, when things get slow. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not a cold call fan as much as a lot of people are. Um, Trish, I don't know if you get on the phone and make cold calls. I know it's an essential part to our business. I, you know, I get nauseated if I have to even answer the phone. <laughs> uh. A lot of people are afraid of
2: cold calls. <laughs> but know. the way the way I look at it, and I don't I don't mind them. I did a I did I don't do that much of them anymore, but I do them I don't mind doing them just because I've I've figured out other things to to get work. But um, cold calling never really scared me only because I don't consider it cold calling. It's warm calling. You're you're already trying to quote unquote sell a service to someone that they're using already you're just trying to sell yourself instead of yep. the service itself you're not you're not calling up a you know a a I don't know a pizza shop and asking them if they need a vacuum cleaner. You know, um, you're you're calling ad agencies, production companies that already use talent. You're just trying to sell yourself to them. You're not, you know, you're trying to get on their roster. To me, that's called that's not cold calling because cold calling is really trying to sell a random item to to anybody. Um, but we call specific targeted people when you cold call. At least that's what you should be doing. Production companies. And and ad agencies are the two biggest places that already use voice talent so right. why not call them you know it's just a matter of in, of, of uh, getting them to use you you know so that's kind of how I see it and that's what makes it easier for me that's
1: awesome yeah this you know this table is filthy where's where's the bus boy
3: oh my god oh my god oh my god okay <laughs> I cannot take another one of those cougar stares from Doreen. Hey guys, it's Jordan Reynolds. I uh, have to record this in the bathroom because Doreen will not stop looking at me. She does her hair like my mom's. Anyways, before I give you a newcomer tip, I just want to make it clear that I haven't been through the voiceover Vietnam War, if you will. (laughs) Like some of my colleagues here in the cafe. In other words, I'm relatively newer to the business compared to them. Which allows me to give you a fresher perspective on getting into the industry in modern day times. So here's one thing I wish I knew when I first started getting into the business or at least had an interest in it. No matter how many books you read or blogs you read or podcasts you listen to or conferences you go to, it's not going to make you a better voice actor. Okay, don't get me wrong. It's, it helps. I'm not saying don't read any books, but the biggest thing that helps is actually, um, doing it. Yeah. Years ago, I decided I want to be a voice actor. I worked in a call center and grandmas would call in and they'd be like, you have such a nice voice, young man. You should get into radio. (laughs) Um, I don't know if they have that weird chuckle at the end, but, um, so I eventually got the studio stuff and didn't really do anything with it. I bought a lot of books though. I had like four or five books. I started adding voice actors and coaches on MySpace. Yeah, it was before the Facebook days, but guess what I didn't do? I never got scripts out and I never read them behind the mic and I didn't get anywhere. So I did this for years, literally. I read books for years, but I didn't do anything and I sucked at voiceover. So finally I made the decision, you know what? Do you want to do this? Yes, I do. That's that's the voice of my conscience. Yes, I do. I'm, uh, I'm a deep-voiced conscience man. That's weird. So I decided to practice 15 minutes a day, seven days a week. Go down to my studio that I've had for years, put a script up or a magazine article or whatever, and just read copy for 15 minutes and then go analyze it for you know just a few minutes to hear hear it played back and know what it's like. I did this for three to four months straight. And wow, I didn't suck anymore. And the reason why you need to actually do it and be good is you need to be competitive. You can't start advertising or make your first demo or put yourself out there if you can't compete with other voice actors. And don't get me wrong. Read all the books, do all that, but just don't go overboard with it and just sit on it and do nothing like I did for years. I, I regret it. You know, I don't weep about it every night, but I wish I actually applied what I read years ago because I would be much further in my career than I am today. Hey, boy, what are you doing in there? I gotta go. Sorry, hold, hold on. I'm, I'm I'm almost done. (sighs) Holy crap. Okay, so in summary, it's good to buy books and read blogs and podcasts and do all that stuff, but keep it to a minimum. What's going to help you progress as far as your voice acting ability goes when you first get into the business is one-on-one coaching, group voiceover classes, improv classes. I'm a huge improv guy and I cannot attest to how much of a better voice actor it has made me. And even acting classes, just theater acting stuff, something to get you out there and out of your shell. And of course, practicing on your own. Doing these things will translate Way faster into being a better voice actor than reading all the books in the world or podcasts, etc. Alright, I better get back to work out there. Bish is too busy to wait tables because he's in the back practicing his corporate read. So I get to cover his corporate ass. Alright, I don't want to get fired or anything. See ya. Finally. Oh well the manager lady want me to tell you, um, oh, to get back to hand scrubbing those floors. Yeah. Seriously? Oh my god.
1: Uh, we should probably get Joe in here. He's a pretty busy guy, so let's uh, let's bring him into the cafe here.
2: Yeah, uh, there he
1: is. He is uh, for those of you that don't know Joe, he is the signature voice of the Fox Television Network Comedies and CBS Network Comedies, voicing promos for CBS's Two and a Half Men, Rules of Engagement, Mike and Molly, and The Talk, and Fox's The Simpsons. The Simpsons has been around for 100 years now, I think. Uh, He's the in-show announcer for top-rated shows like America's Got Talent, Extreme Makeover, Home Edition, Million Dollar Mind Game, the Primetime Emmy Awards. I remember first hearing him when when Conan was the host of that show. Uh, Also the Grammy Awards, PGA Awards, and many, many more. And, of course, now he's uh, also out with a book where he shares his life and VO experiences. It's called Living on Air. Please welcome to the cafe, Joe Cipriano. Wow, I have,
0: I have some kind of a career. I had no idea. Wow, that, thank you. That very felt
1: much. like it took thirty minutes for your yeah. intro, Joe. And uh, I,
0: I haven't done half of that stuff, but it's okay. It's
1: good. <laughs> That's what you told us to say.
0: Rules of engagement is off the air, but don't tell anybody. And uh, but yes, you're right about the Simpsons. It has been a hundred or maybe a thousand years.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, it that's uh, cool. it's, it's it's so cool to be here in the cafe. Well, I it's appreciate yeah,
0: it. This Thank is you. awesome.
1: And thanks, uh, thanks for being in here. We we remodeled the place just for you.
0: Very nice. I can't imagine what it looked like before. <laughs>
2: you know, five years ago it was a, you know, it was just a just a this dilapidated building and so really? you know I mean <laughs> Well you've yeah, done you don't wonders remember? with it. It's the last time what you were with us it was it was two thousand eight.
0: Yeah. That's true. Yeah, and since then I see you have uh, a few more throw pillows, which is very nice, and curtains,
2: mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. awesome.
0: I like it.
1: It's very nice. <laughs> well, we appreciate right. you being here. So uh Joe, let's get right into the new book, Living on Air. Mm. Uh, tell us what inspired you to tell the world your story and how does someone get a hold of a copy?
0: Or does anybody care?
1: We all care. We, we care. all care, Joe.
0: <laughs> well, I, well, thank you for asking. It's something that I, you know, I've wanted to do for years. And um, I, I also wanted to do something with my wife, Anne, who is a writer. And she's a, a journalist, former uh, news producer and Emmy Award winning uh, producer for local news here at KABC. And so we finally decided to do this together, and we had some starts and stops, but um, started writing it in 2009, and the plan was we were going to be finished by uh, Valentine's Day of 2010. That was our deadline. So we missed the deadline just just a little bit, but um, we started, you know, working on it, and really in the past year and a half, consistently. And uh, I I went about it, you know, the same way I, I go about my voiceover career and any new goals, and and I always say to you know you know spend an hour a day. Uh, on whatever it is and and never miss a day. So uh, it's amazing how quickly you can get through something when you really attack it that way. So I followed my own advice and, and did that. So it, it was fun to tell this story, to go back. I started off probably like you know a few of you guys as well and so many people that are in voiceover. I started off as a kid at my local radio station. Mm-hmm. I was 14 years old and uh, in the book, I talk about the first time I called my local DJ Jerry Wolf at WWCO in Waterbury, Connecticut. I was 14 years old. It was 1969, and um, I just asked him if I could come down and see the station. And that's what started, you know, me going down there every week and filing records and doing all that. So it was fun to go back, it, you know, in time to 1969 and kind of recreate that world and talk about it in the book. It was. Uh, a real kick. And then I've just followed, you know, from radio. I, I, um, I worked in Connecticut and then eventually moved to Washington, D.C., where I ended up meeting Anne at NBC in Washington. And, you know, you can imagine you meet a lot of characters along the way. So there, are, there's no shortage of stories uh, in this book about these crazy people in broadcasting. Yeah. And guess what? There's even crazier people in voiceover. Oh, it, my yeah. God. <laughs> it's no. unbelievable. I thought I had seen them all. But then... <laughs> Oh my. So that's really, you know, why I did it and and how much fun it was to do it. Um, it, it really was. It was really a kick. And, and to work with Anne
1: was really awesome. That's it's awesome. Amazing. So how does somebody get a, a hold of a copy here?
0: Well, it uh, it drops, Terry. It drops on November 1st. Wonderful. <laughs> that's what the kids say. It drops November 1st. <laughs> Is that 1st. what they're
2: saying now? Okay.
0: That's it say. drops. That's that sounds way too I don't know him. what they say now.
2: But, uh, That's
1: a really hip way to put it, man.
0: <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> so it it's released on uh, November first, but now uh, we have a pre order going on um, for the month of October, where it's free shipping and each um, book is personally autographed uh, by me, which is a shock. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> so if if you Terry were to buy it, I would say, dear Terry, I love. Your voiceover cafe. You know, I don't even have to write in the book. I can just say that to you and save the time of writing. Um, <laughs> so, and, and where you get that is at uh, livingonairbook.com, and you can sign up for the pre order and and you get free shipping and it's autographed. Or at JosephBriano and then as of November first, it's that's it for the pre order, and it goes to everywhere books are sold: Amazon, Barnes Noble, uh, and Noble, um, and and eBooks too as well: Nook, Kindle. The ebooks are, are really cool because I have a lot of media linked to it, a lot of audio, a lot of video um, that goes through the entire book. So it's, it's got a lot of
2: extra stuff. Wow, I'm I'm really excited about it. So good luck with it, Joe. And and you know maybe Terry uh, will will buy a, a couple of copies and give them away on the show. What do you think? You know
0: that would be an awesome idea, Terry. That is a great <laughs> idea. You know I'm not
1: why you could Terry this Terry this. I'm not the program director. <laughs> I don't have any. You think you got this is radio, man? Question. I don't have any power. <laughs> this is corporate radio at its best. Gotcha. <laughs> Joe, are you gonna yeah. nar- are you gonna narrate the audio book as well?
0: Uh I we we couldn't find anybody else to do it so I agreed to do it. I,
1: yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure nobody would be interested in that. <laughs>
0: no, we couldn't find anybody to do it for the rate that I'm doing it at. So. <laughs> yes, the audiobook um will probably come out December 1st and uh we're hoping to really break the mold in audiobooks. This is going to be a It's going to be more like a, a like a radio show. It's um going to be super produced um There's a lot of audio that uh, we can use in it, and um, I can tell you now that it's uh, being directed by the legendary Maurice Tobias. So we've been working on that for the past four weeks, and we probably have another good four weeks um, to go.
2: Wow. Okay. All right. Well, we're very excited about that. Um, so let's move on to the next question if you don't mind, Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, well, all right. So I know that you have to kind of be available, pretty much have to be available like practically 24-7 as a promo yes. promo guy. They call it the golden handcuffs, right? Yes. So what is that experience like, having to be available almost all the time? <laughs>
0: I think, you know, you get used to it. Um, uh, usually it would be somebody like a, a doctor who would, uh, you know, ha- have that kind of, uh, you know, have to be available all the time. It's kind of silly. We always make jokes uh, when one of the networks will call and say, we need we need somebody right now. We need them in 10 minutes. It's like, emergency promo, emergency promo, stat, we need this done right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, you during the day, I... I, I let my agents uh, know if I'm going out to do something, if I'm going somewhere. I always give them uh, how much time it would take me to get back to the studio. If I'm going somewhere where at an extended period of time, I I bring my um, setup with me. I bring the laptop and microphone, and uh, just in case, you know, we need to do something, get something done. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get used to it. I mean, Ann and I will be ready to go out to dinner, uh, you know, one night, and then we'll get a call and. And they say, you know, CBS needs you in fifteen minutes, and it's like, okay, all right, no problem. And Anne is awesome with that. I mean, that could go really south uh, mm-hmm. quickly if mm-hmm. you didn't have, if you don't have the right partner. But Anne right. is a broadcast uh, kid as well, so she understands everything about broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And what she does is, I go, Ugh, you know, I got to go down to, and she just so okay. She picks up a book and sits down, and you know, forty minutes later or a half hour later, I come back up and we go out to dinner. It's not a big deal.
2: Hmm, so you don't make reservations ever.
0: (laughs) Well, we do, and we change reservations a lot, yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They go, oh God, Cipriano. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll put him in at seven thirty, but I don't know. Hello, folks. Lovely to see most of you today. Hey fish.
1: Whatever. What'll it be for you today, dearie?
2: Um, I'll have a chai latte. And for the American Idol reject. Ugh,
1: that's cold, man. uh, large, skinny, half calf latte, double shot of strawberry syrup.
0: Doreen, one funshine care bear, extra hugs. <laughs> Come and Jordan, on. help Doreen God. out, will you? Deal with the Germans. You know what they do to her. Okay,
2: no problem.
1: Ugh. What an idiot.
2: Hey, what do you expect him to say by now, Terry? Come oh, on.
1: Shut it. <laughs> and who's this strapping lad? Oh. Well, thank
0: you. My name's Joe. Cipriano, the voice of CBS and Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's me. Whew, of course you are. Hey, excuse me. <laughs> uh, aren't you going to take my order? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, how about a, uh, maybe like a coffee or something? What is, what's up with that guy?
1: <laughs> it's always something with him, believe me. Okay. All right. <laughs>
2: Anyway, so Joe, I'm sure being in the business for a little while you have some, some stories that you'd like to share. do you uh, without if you can't give away the actual job or the client, then can you share any maybe the, the worst gig or the worst experience that you've had? You know
0: I, you know it's, it's funny I, when I really think about that, I really haven't had a lot of experience with bad experiences, and I, I'm not sure exactly why that is. You know, well, I maybe think it's because
2: you're such a nice guy to deal with. <laughs> I can't well, imagine anybody having a problem.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, I'm, but you know, sometimes you run into certain types that you know you can you know have some friction with or, or whatever. I, it may be that you know I'm really fortunate in where I, if I'm working with the networks or I'm working with a big vendor, and maybe we're doing you know a game show or we're doing promos for syndication or something like that. You know, it's they're pretty good gigs. They're amazing gigs to have, and the people that are doing them are extremely creative. And you know, they've come up from you know, like I did. You know, they they came up, they came into the uh, into the business. They worked their way through, and and you know, they're in a a great situation right now. It's, they're they're freaking brilliant, you know. So there's not that many times where I have an unpleasant experience. I I think that you know nightmare sessions come from working with people. I mean, if you're a voiceover person and you're working with someone who doesn't know really what the heck they're doing, you know, there's a lot of frustration there. They're maybe working on a limited budget. Um, you know, they're, they're working directly with the, the client and the client is being, you know, difficult with them. I think that leads to, you know, that kind of stuff. And then that atmosphere comes in. But I really don't have any stories about things blowing up or or just having a real bad experience. I've been read to death, but Mm -hmm. you know what? Most of the times, the people that are reading you to death know what the heck they're looking for. The worst part is when someone doesn't know what they're doing. I talk about this in the book. If someone doesn't know what they're doing and they're just waiting to hear it, and when they hear it, they'll know it. So you end up throwing a bunch of reeds up against the glass. And then that can lead to frustrations, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I've um, been very fortunate. I, I haven't come across that, that much.
1: Come on, Joe. Okay. Can't you give us some dirt on somebody? <laughs> All right. Well,
0: there is an idiot
1: that I've heard. Oh.
2: <laughs> kind of juicy detail. Yeah, from, man. Yeah, let's exactly. Rip
1: on somebody. Make it up if you have to.
2: Oh,
0: okay.
1: Right. No, no. <laughs> Uh, well,
0: like freaking coffee? How about that? This is the worst service I have never, ever had in my life. Don't plan
1: on him coming back. It's probably just uh, not going to happen. But uh, Well, Joe, you know in the motion picture business that uh, there's a lot of darts being tossed and uh, very few hit the bullseye these days. But Lake Bell sure hit one with... Uh, oh within a world and uh, personally you know i saw it on a a very artsy screen here in minneapolis and it was uh i was very starstruck when you came up on the screen i was very proud to know you as a friend and colleague and i I actually think you deserve an oscar for your performance in that film
0: (laughs) if not an oscar a ben or a frank or or something yeah well that was an amazing experience yeah tell us about that incredible yeah um you know, it was shot in 21 days. You know, it's interesting. It is it's it is fascinating to see how a movie is done. I think I auditioned for that. I was called in by the casting people to audition because Lake Bell had written the movie. It had taken her three and a half, four years to write the movie. And she wanted to have a few real voiceover people in the movie for legitimacy and, and all of that kind of stuff. So there was a casting call that went out. And, you know, I think I did that in... I think it was the summer of 2011. And then the movie shot in summer of 2012, and then it came out at Sundance in 2013. So it's amazing to see how long that takes. And, of course, she just skyrocketed. Lake won the Waldo Salt Screenwriting Award at Sundance. So for her to go in there with her first feature and then to walk away with the only screenwriting award is amazing. And Fred Mellum, Mm -hmm. there has actually been talk of, you know, some Oscar consideration. But um, it was fun. You know, it was a kick doing the, um, the audition for it. Um, <laughs> when I went in there, uh, there were a lot of voiceover guys there. And I, and I knew Lake Bell from a show that she was on on NBC that I did the promos for. And I did the in show for the top of the show called Surface. So when I went in there, I knew there were a lot of people uh, going for these three little, you know, parts. And I wanted to make an impression on her. So when I came into the room, she was gracious and wonderful and stood up and, you know, shook my hand and introduced me to the producers and everything. And she said, it's a real pleasure to meet you. And I said, well, actually, Lake, you know, you and I worked on a show together for a year, but we never met. And so she was, you know, kind of intrigued by that and, you know, had a big smile on her face. And she said, how can that be? And I leaned in closer and I said, Previously unsurfaced, and she went. Oh my <laughs> God! <laughs> That's for awesome. the guy at the top of the show, so we hit it off really well, right? Right there. You know,
1: and, uh, <laughs> That's great.
0: So she was absolutely. Uh, she's brilliant to watch her direct all of the actors. I'm in a, you know, our scene is a minute. You know, it was such a thrill to do it, but to watch her interacting with the other actors. Uh, to see how much she loves voiceover is mind-boggling. She, she, uh, I've been to so many Q&As with her, and she always introduces me out of the audience. She always tells a story about me or if Mark Elliott is there or Mark Rao, She is so giving and, and, and all of that. But she'll say, um, <laughs> after the film, she'll say, you know, and point to the screen and say, that was my 90-minute voiceover demo right there. And she really wants to do voiceovers. Wow. So, I don't know when she's going to fit it in, because she's getting, being cast in huge movies. She's in a just finished a Disney movie, and she's got in another one, and she's writing her next movie. So, uh, but it was an amazing, amazing experience because Holy, yeah. of what you said, Terry. I mean, so many movies come out, and that thing, just it just hit, you know, yep. for such a small little flick.
2: -hmm. Yeah, we actually tried. I think we tried contacting her (laughs) agents and to try to get her on the show, but we didn't hear back. So, (laughs) you know, the thing is,
0: she would love to do that. She just yeah, she's so
2: busy. I'm sure she's
0: ridiculously busy. Mm And she emailed me uh, two Saturdays ago just to say hi. And she said, "I'm in London, and I've been going nonstop." up and and she was writing you know it was sunday morning she was writing at 4 a.m her time the, the night before i mean it was nuts she's just nonstop. uh but wow what a, what an incredible talent and well,
1: wonderful person th- the reason we're having you on the show here today joe is because we were hoping you could get her on our show <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> <laughs> let me see if i can get her on the phone
1: <laughs> no She's in Bucharest. I just checked. Very cool. Well, it was a great, great, great movie, and it was it was a thrill seeing you on there. And uh, it was uh, we just had we had a ball that night. So uh, nice work with that.
0: Thank you, thank you very much. I mean, it was it was a thrill. And like I said, going to all those Q and As and all those screenings with her was oh man, it was just such a kick.
2: Well, because you've uh, you've done so many different types of things, Joe, um, and and you've done the promos and now the on-camera stuff, and I know you've done on-camera stuff early on also before your voiceover career, right? I, uh,
0: You know what? I, I did some, yeah, but it was while I was I, in radio and also while I was doing some I
2: just remember a Ragu commercial, right? <laughs> oh, that's
0: right. Prego. Yeah. That.
2: Prego. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, sorry.
0: It's <laughs> sorry. in there. Yes. And the, the woman that I did that with who was playing my aunt, was the the uh, Estelle? Uh, I can't think of her name right now. She played the mom on Seinfeld, George Costanza's mom.
2: Oh, that's so awesome! Nice. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize that it was she the same woman. She was great. She was really right. fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, besides doing all that, we also know that you have a job also as a live announcer for gigs. Why, so. yes,
0: that's right, Trish.
2: <laughs> as we mentioned before in your intro. So, um, how do you approach those uh, with with your skills compared to the network promo stuff that you do? Uh,
0: that's, a, that's a good question. I um, And I do talk about it in, in the book a little bit, too. Uh The uh, doing live announcing for shows like the Emmys and the Grammys is not only an honor and a thrill, but it also for me, it uh, having a background in radio and especially top 40 radio uh, really made the difference for me because you're used to being on the air live and there is a lot of pressure. You know, when you're doing something like an Emmy broadcast or a Grammy broadcast or any of those things, you don't want to F up. can you say f up on on the voiceover cafe
2: well by f up do you mean fuck up then no you can't say that
0: oh okay you don't (laughs) want to screw up (laughs) So, so uh you know you're used to you know from from having a radio background you're used to doing things live so that really helps and also you're used to talking up records songs you know i mean when you're in radio you talk up an intro that's 16 and a half seconds when you're in promo you talk up a you know a promo. You have three and a five three and a half seconds to say Monday on an all new two and a half men. You know so timing is very important and that translates into uh, into the live announcing uh, as well. So having that background really really helps and also I'm able to use the skills that I've kind of honed in promo those timing skills and things like that uh, for live announce um, as well. So it's I'm, I'm really fortunate in that one kind of supports. The other, you
2: know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: It's voiceover cafe night. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> a guy named Joe gets a cup of Joe. <laughs> <laughs> do they do they really still call it that? They call it Where Joe? He meets the girl of his dreams.
2: Aww. Oh.
0: And a total nightmare. Oh, dude. <laughs> voiceover Cafe. It's all new. Now.
2: Wow. Now. <laughs>
0: And you know, I still didn't get my drink
1: Me either
2: Well, that was awkward
1: (laughs) Always is, sorry about that, Joe
0: No problem, no problem
1: uh, hey, you know, it's a common thought by some entering uh, the VO space that if they could only get a great agent, they would do really well. What is your take on this? And also, mm. any thoughts on how an agent plays into the career of up-and-coming VO talent? Everybody has a different opinion on this. Right. Uh, I'm really interested in what you have to say about it.
0: Well, y- you know, listen, I-, I believe that you get your own work no matter what. Agents really do not get you work, but they can help you you know um be heard by people that maybe you might not be able to reach on your own but then once you know they kind of get you in the door it's always up to you to win the gig and, and I, that's obvious i think we all know that but um so the emphasis on having an agent um you know they're there are b- bigger voiceover agents, the bigger companies. You know, like I'm with SBV here in Los Angeles. There's T, TGMD out here. Atlas is in, in New York. There's Abrams and CESD. And, okay, you know, and you think, all right, I want to be with a, with one of those big agents. But then again, you know, there are a lot of boutique agencies that are out there, and they are out there. So, I mean, just by the, the fact that they're out there, they're thriving, they're doing well, they've got to be do, doing something right. So I think when it comes down to it, deciding on you know if you're gonna have an agent or not, or, and you do decide that you're gonna have an agent, the most important thing, it doesn't really matter if it's one of the big ones or if it's one of the boutique ones, all you want in an agent is someone who believes in you, you know, and someone that you can partner with, someone you can actually pick up the phone and talk to them. It doesn't do you any good to be with a big agency if, you know, you're, you can't even pick up the phone and talk to them, you know, and you're always worried, geez, if I, if I call them, I don't want to bug them. I mean, that's, that's really not a way that any of us want to do business. So you want to find someone that you connect with yep. and someone that you, you know, they respect you, you respect them. There's a trust. And all of that leads to the big thing, all of that underneath, you know, having a <laughs> a great relationship with that agent whatever that agent is the respect the trust it leads to confidence in you you know your own confidence and once you have confidence man i mean the the world is, is open to you and i think that's the most important thing in having a successful voiceover career
2: okay thank Bish. you <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> what was that
1: what happened <laughs> i don't need to. I, i'm not even going to go into it it's it's embarrassing pathetic wow. and i'm i think i'm going to have to leave the show Oh
2: my gosh. <laughs> I can take it from here, Terry. It's okay. <laughs>
1: no, no problem. My apologies for the uh, the interruption there.
2: Well, so we we, we heard a rumor, Joe. Uh, oh, we, oh, oh, uh it's oh. not true. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's not true. I was oh.
0: not near that woman and
2: No, I'm no, no. Do, it's nothing I'm like that, I promise. Bill
0: Clinton point to the camera. I did not have sex with that woman.
2: All right. <laughs> All right, good. Okay, <laughs> right, rumors. Um, rumors. Yes. We, so we've heard that you've gone to great lengths to uh, help oh, oh, out and service clients. Oh, no. Oh,
0: okay, yes. <laughs> right. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going, Trish. Please.
2: Oh, my. I'm, I'm my. getting, I'm flushed. Getting the yes.
1: <laughs> the following cafe podcast has been rated <laughs> R by the Motion Picture Society of America.
0: This was the podcast that, <laughs> that killed Voiceover Cafe. <laughs> it's never heard again.
2: Okay, let me start again. <laughs> We've remarks. heard that you've made quite an effort to <laughs> service clients uh, when you're out of town or on vacation. Uh, one in particular when you were over in Europe and you had something installed into your hotel room or home <laughs> over there, and really? we kind of yeah. Do you, did you okay. want to share? <laughs>
0: Sure. Something installed. Hmm. <laughs> Conjures up all kinds of images. Well, um. Well, I have done voiceover sessions. Uh, thankfully, from all over the the place. And you know, going back to the beginning of ISDN, it was you know ridiculously difficult to get. And I mean, guess what? Here we are, years later. It's still difficult to get. You know, maybe there was a point at, at one time when you could get it easily. And it was also uh, uh, expensive back then as well. But I have done sessions from Europe. I've been in Italy. I've been in France. I've been in England. I actually did a session from a BBC booth uh, at the Royal Albert Hall during a tennis match while they were playing out on the court. And they let me use the booth that had ISDN in it. And um, I actually had the uh, equipment shipped there to England because I was going to be there for two weeks. Um, but one of the funny stories, or, well, I don't know if it's funny, but strange stories was in Barbados. We happen to have, uh, good friends whose brother owns a place in Barbados, or I would have never gone to Barbados. I'm really happy that we did. It was absolutely amazing, beautiful. I had a beautiful home right on the beach there. And so... You know, I, two months before I went, I started setting up ISDN lines. And thank goodness he had a, an assistant there who could help me and work with the local telephone company. And we did actually get ISDN into this home on the beach. And um, but so that wasn't the big problem. The problem was the Telos Zephyr, the equipment. I researched how to send it to, you know, uh, to Barbados. I selected the right carrier. I can't remember what carrier it was. And I sent it there in plenty of time. When I got there, I found out there was a bit of a problem. They, they weren't going to release the Zephyr, the equipment to me, without paying a, and I'm, I'm making air quotes, a tax.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez.
0: Yeah. So uh, the local government in Barbados. I wouldn't call it extortion, but they mm. they held my Zephyr hostage.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> so,
0: until I agreed to pay their tax for bringing in equipment that wasn't made in Barbados. So I had to pay $1,500 oh for God. them to release my, oh. my Telo Zephyr to me.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: And I, I got it, you know, and I had, there was no way of getting around it. It was like, listen, dude, you want this? You have to pay this tax.
2: Wow. And so
0: that was kind of an interesting thing. I got the box, we did the sessions, and and from then on, it was without a hitch. And the the only other story I can think of, Trish, is in New York, um, and this goes way back, I think like 95, 96, I actually put in an ISDN line at um, the Four Seasons Hotel, back when Mm -hmm. you can actually uh, afford to stay at the Four Seasons Hotel in Manhattan. (laughs) I don't know anybody who can afford to stay there anymore. And I put in an ISDN line. It cost me, again, I think it cost $1,000 to put the line in, and then I had to pay for a month's use of it, of it, even though I was only there for about a week and a half. So oh. that was all right. I did it. And thankfully, I had a lot of work and it kind of covered it and, you know, all of that. But we were going back a year later. It was around Christmas time. And I said, you know, and, and I'd like to uh, install an ISDN line again. And they said, oh, no problem, sir. We already have an ISDN line in. And <gasps> we'll charge you. It's, it's, it's a $300 a day charge. I go, wait a minute. That's my line. I <laughs> yeah. put that line in there. Now you're going to charge me back $300 a day? Well, you know, sir, we've been maintaining it for the entire year. And it's like, oh, my. Oh.
2: <laughs> so. Do they have anybody? I mean, how many calls do they have for ISDN that they kept it going?
0: You know, I think in the in, in the 90s. I, I think that a lot of telecommunication, uh, you know, when they would do video conferencing, I think they would actually use ISDN.
2: Oh, you know? wow.
0: So they got use out of my install of, of my <laughs> ISDN.
2: Jeez. And
0: charged me $300 a day.
1: Oh, <laughs> man. Well, Joe, you did mention uh, tennis a couple minutes ago. Yes. Um, and this is going to be the most important question of the interview, something that our, our listeners are really going to benefit from. <laughs> Mm -hmm. When will you finally accept my challenge in a game of tennis? You've been putting this off for years. Terry. And I I, understand that you wrote about my lights out serve in your book and told everybody that you were afraid. That's really it, isn't it, Joe? I I don't think that's in the book, as I recall.
0: (laughs) I think the editor took that out. (laughs) I, I, You know, I have uh, said to you, Terry, that I would be happy to play with you sometime. I I don't want to embarrass (laughs) me losing at love. Is is embarrassing? Oh know
1: you boy, let to... yo know, let the wow. shit talking begin. <laughs> he is, uh, you know. I do do. People, I, I understand when people talk smack about like football yeah. and those types of sports, but smack talking for tennis?
0: For tennis, I know. You have to take <laughs> our tennis pretty seriously here. Um, now, uh, Terry, do you own a racket? Uh, I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually there. one of those guys that rents them in the club.
0: Okay, all right. Okay. So you
1: probably really don't want to play me because I'm probably well, not up to I'm your par. I'm thinking
0: you might not even make it to zero.
1: No, I may not. I, I may not even make it possible. on the court. The only but thing that's going to get me on the court is a uh, is a cooler six. full of beer.
0: That's right. You may lose six to minus three, and I don't know how that happens, but I think it would happen that way.
1: So all right, all right. So let's uh, let's 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 uh, let's promote the book one more time. The new book is called Living on Air. It releases November first. Yes. In uh, bookstores everywhere, as on, uh, and as an audiobook on huh. December first, so, December so 1st, we will look forward to that. To Joe, I can't, I can't tell you enough how much we appreciate your time. I need to grab Thank some water because I'm ready to cough. Hang on, you guys.
0: Oh, go get it, Terry. Go ahead. <laughs> I think I upset him with the tennis. talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got me all stressed out, and I'm all dehydrated now. Apologize. This is
2: competition very seriously. <laughs> very
0: seriously, I know, I know. But I know Terry. I've seen. Uh, I haven't seen Terry in a in a while, but I I, uh, I know that he's fit. I've seen that he's uh, been working out, and uh, so I'm sure he would put up quite a battle on the tennis court.
1: To be honest, we'll have to make it happen the next time we're in L.A. Let's just uh, make a point to uh, to make that happen again. Valuable information for our podcast listeners. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. (laughs) Many of them have turned away now at this
0: point. Yes, there's there's a great uh, uh, (laughs) takeaway.
2: (laughs) <laughs> Joe, thank you so, so much. We had so much thank fun you with guys. you on once again.
0: Always. Thanks so much. I enjoyed it immensely, and I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys enjoy the book. I think you might be yeah. um, uh, some su- surprised by some of the stories in it. I mean, it covers uh, a-, a lot of... Uh, uh, the, the strange characters uh, I've met. And Terry, by the way, there is a, a, a chapter in the book uh, uh, all about tennis, in fact, um, which is a, a fun little chapter. So I hope you enjoy it. Awesome. Oh, awesome. We, it. We,
1: uh, we look forward to it.
0: Thanks, guys. And uh, will
1: I ever get my coffee?
0: I'm just wondering if I'll ever get the coffee.
1: <laughs> He's, he, he, yeah,
2: I think he passed, passed out Can I somewhere? get it to go or anything? <laughs> He's passed out in the kitchen. I don't know, Doreen's keeping him company
1: somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joe, thank you very much. You're a busy man. Have a stellar weekend and we'll talk to you very soon.
0: Thanks, guys. I'll see you Bye, later. Joe. Thank all you. All
2: right. All right.
1: Bye. Joe wow. Cipriano on the Voiceover Cafe, V.O. News Served Up Piping Hot. Uh man, he's just such a pleasure to have on the show. <laughs> Trisha, what a we, nice we, could guy. On, we could have him we could have him on every week and it'd be great.
2: I know, no, that's true. And, you know, I think uh, he's got the radio background, so he just, he knows the timing and he's just so much fun. He's he's just got the, the, he's so just funny and, and, yeah, quick. You know, I can't wait to see him. Maybe we'll see him next year.
1: Well, he's a good dude. I think he really is afraid of my serve. I think he just kind of downplays it. But uh, I think he really does think about it at night. And uh, I think it scares the shit out of him.
2: Yeah, he may lose sleep over it. I don't know. Um,
1: but, well, thank you for tuning in. By the way, now, those of you that are listening, uh, we have a official uh, VoiceOver community page, VoiceOver Cafe community page on Google+. Plus. So if you actually look us up on Google+, Plus, VoiceOver Cafe, you can find us there. And we also have our Facebook page, Cafe, and you can uh, look us up there. And then, of course, our uh, web address is VoiceOverCafe.org, where you can hear all of our previous episodes, including that Dynamite uh, Fafcon episode that you guys did a week ago uh, from mm-hmm. San Antonio. All of the shows are there.
2: Yeah, and you know what, I think I'm going to add some social media buttons to VoiceOverCafe.org so that people can just come to the website and wherever they want to connect with us, we'll just put the uh, the share buttons up.
1: All right, Trish, uh, thank you as always. And uh, we we don't know who we're going to have on the next show. We've got uh, we've got a bunch of uh, guests. William Shatner. Well, yeah, so well, let's let's go with the William Shatner rumor again, and see where, where that takes us. Uh, but uh, we should when uh, when we uh, when we have confirmation on our new guest, we'll be sure to announce it on uh, the website as well as the Facebook page. So, Trish, have a great weekend. Good to hear from you again, and uh, we will talk to you real soon.
2: All right, Terry, thank you. You too.
1: This has been the VoiceOver Cafe VO News, served up piping hot. See
2: ya!
3: VoiceOver Cafe is sponsored by VoiceOver Extra. That's a wrap on another episode of the VoiceOver Cafe. This is Sean Caldwell. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out other riveting episodes at voiceovercafe.org.